All right. Hello, Hello. everyone, and welcome to Podcast World Order. I'm your host, Matt. Uh, if what I'm seeing is what you guys are seeing, I have uh, the Dean of Old School, Dwight, down below. Or Desktop, as I'm known today. <laughs> we got uh, Jeff the Hitman Hall over here. Uh, wrestling Purist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, head of talent relations, Ryan Connington, Godfather, and Ryan, we want to introduce who we have today. Uh, yes, uh, he is one half of the Bouncers. Um, also, um, if I'm not mistaken, also known at one point as Denty Moore. This is the Beer City Bruiser. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Cheers. Whoa, whoa, what do you what do you have in your sign this evening? I got some Coors Light this evening. Uh, I got my brand new sign that uh, my my uh, nag wife surprised me with. That's awesome. All right, <laughs> uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a horn a horn mug. It's made of buffalo horn, and the oh, front made it for. Uh, they made one for Malonis, and she saw that, so she ordered one for me. So we're drinking like old school. There you go. Like, oh, I like that. I like that. Nice. That's right. So that's, a, that's a Viking. That's a, Somewhat of a Viking experience, you might say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Funny fact is, uh, actually, when uh, when Malonis got his, the first thing he did was text, uh, what is he, Eric now, or Ivar, whoever <laughs> Hanson is, and said, hey, look, I'm more Viking than you are, and sent him a video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. This is pretty cool, because this is actually second night in a row we've gotten to sit down and talk with you, because we got to be a part of Ring of Honor trivia last night. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was, um, man, Ring of Honor, hitting out of the park, I felt. Cool. Uh, yeah, they're trying. They're, they're doing a lot to keep busy. Like, we can't wrestle in front of you guys right now. Um, but Ring of Honor wants to keep us out in front of the, the fans as possible and make it as, you know. And I like this because it's more interactive, you know what I mean? Stuff like this and stuff like the trivia night and uh, the, the Instagram live videos and all that. Like, it's cool because we get to interact with you guys, right? You know, it's literally just the school. Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely been something I know I've said that, you know, growing up, 13-year-old me is marking out like crazy right now, getting to talk to wrestlers, you know, two days in a row. Nice. <laughs> um, right, by chance, you. did you did, did, uh, did you happen to be on the winning team from uh, last night? No, I found out um, through Twitter, actually, because uh, Ring of Honor didn't let us know. Um, they let the, the, all the fans know. And I found out through Twitter that my team actually lost. So I actually uh, texted Ian to find out how bad we lost. Because we did. I thought we did pretty good as a team. My team did. Um, so I texted him. He hasn't gotten back to me yet because I, I think he doesn't want to reveal you know, the, the scores or something like that. But I was just curious because I thought we did pretty good. How many did. points did you guys have? We had 71 out of the 75. So. Oh, shoot. Ooh. Oh, man. I hate to be the guy to tell you this. It was a tie for first at 72. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, as you said in the email, close closely behind them with 71 points, WrestleTalk.com. <laughs> they didn't even mention you, you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Jeff, uh, we, we know why uh, whatever team Matt and Ryan were on, we know why they didn't win, right? Because hey, we were otherwise occupied yesterday, at least I am. <laughs> Definitely not no, because we had Caprice Coleman. You guys uh, make your bookings, though. Uh, d- Dwight, well, I, the, I, the, two, I, the two Ringer Runner ringers weren't there, that's why. That, that, oh, we we got a respectable 53. Okay. Good. That is okay. Yeah. Malone's team only had 28, so. <laughs> oh, that, there, there we, we go. go. <laughs> you know, okay. and I and I told Malone, like, oh, half those questions we wrestled those guys were on those shows. He's like, I don't remember. Caprice <laughs> <laughs> said, like, man, it's different because you're working. Like, you're not looking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Makes sense. Like, um, that one of the questions was, like, what was the last match that Ring of Honor showed on Honor Club? And I'm, I'm a little bummed because it was uh, Rush – PCO Haskins and we just put uh, sorry Roosh Roosh and PCO <laughs> everybody forgets about my boy Haskins and, and the reason I remember that is because in Vegas it was supposed to be the rematch of Haskins versus Roosh so in Baltimore um, Haskins was actually in my car so they had to film a bunch of vignettes so we were actually at the building late because they were filming his vignettes for the match for Vegas 
So when they asked that question right away, I'm like, oh, I know this one because I had to stay in the building next to three hours after the show waiting for Haskins to get done with <laughs> pre-tapes. <laughs> well, that's, uh, you know, somebody else needed to win, Jeff. I'm sorry we we weren't there to, you know, mop it up. I definitely would have gotten that one, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, um, it seems like we're going to get another opportunity or two to have another one of those trivia nights. Um, seeing so. as um, the news came out today that Ring of Honor canceled all live events for June. Right. Um, so really hoping to get another opportunity to, you know, bring the bring the win home for Team PWO. Yeah. As far as I was told, they are going to be doing another one. Um, and they're awesome. also working on some more fan interaction stuff. Like they are. Uh, they're asking our ideas and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff in the works right now for more stuff like that to keep us busy. So yeah, I, I told uh, it was nothing but great reviews for trivia night. So if that was the first yep. inaugural thing to do with the fans, I think it was a complete success. Oh yeah. With the exception of singing happy birthday to Joe Henry, I think everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy smokes. Wrestling fans aren't singers, man. <laughs> Speak for yourself, baby. Speak for yourself. <laughs> and I, I was, if I may, I was going to throw out, um, you know, Ring of Honor's done a really good job with the weekly TV, too. I mean, those sort of spotlight specials on different people. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been interesting to see how the different companies handled it. I think that's def definitely that weekly TV is top notch. Still, still something that I make sure I'm watching every week. This past, the, the Flip Gordon one was awesome this past week. So hats off to Ring of Honor for keeping it going. Just, I mean, and just getting to see some old stuff and then with some new stuff as well. I mean, it's just really been enjoyable. Hats off. Thank you. We've been um, we've been filming some stuff too. Um, like Joe Hendry, if you guys heard about it in the trivia last night, he's got a, a little show that he's putting together. It's a, it's like a challenge show. And, and actually his first guest were me and Malonis as a bouncer. So he challenges us to a drinking contest. Oh, and, uh, well, I bet. <laughs> yeah, and so we filmed that, and not only will be airing on the YouTube channel, but they're also going to put it on our TV too. And then um, me and Malonis oh. are actually filming something with Martina tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. And and it's so cool because uh, the cool thing about being part of Ring of Honor is yeah, we're a wrestling company, but during this time when we can't wrestle, like we all took kind of a company vote, and none of us felt real comfortable. Like we're we would we would wrestle in front of no crowd. But with no crowd there, you can't feed off the energy of the fans and stuff. You know what I mean? And it just it, it feels weird, I think, watching it and performing. So they're like, let's come up with some other ideas. And the cool thing is the whole company, the whole roster, we all came down, came up with ideas, and, and we're still pumping content out. And, and you're you're just like every other fan I've talked to where they're, they're liking the weekly stuff because it's different than what's out there right now, you know? And, and it's it's real good to hear that it's, it's a success, though. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I feel everything you guys have done for fans have, has just been incredible. I know I was gushing about it on Twitter, but, I mean, really, you're the one company you guys have really put the fans first, I feel. And that's how Ring of Honor's always felt, you know? Um, we wouldn't be anywhere without the fans, you know? That's and how Ring of Honor's always been. Yeah, since their inception, it's always been a fan run. Like, I won't say fan run, but, like, they've always had the fans in mind, and whenever we're putting together uh, our skits and our characters and all that, we're always trying to think, you know, would I, would all fans get it? You know, not just the core group. We want everyone to get it from, from a little three-year-old all the way up to an 80-year-old. You know, everybody gets it. Sure. I love that. All right, now let's... Uh, I get it. <laughs> now, I want to get a little more in-depth with you, if you don't mind. Sure. So, I heard that you were trained by a legend. Yeah, I want it. God. Want to give us a little more info on this? <laughs> I think I just told Dwight's question. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight, is, Dwight, is, Dwight is kind of the old man on our, on our show, so I mean, you know, you, I mean, you know, he might you know seen his uh, first match, you know. <laughs> so yeah, um, I I started in wrestling with a guy named Trevor Adonis here in Milwaukee, and after about two years, I moved to uh, Missouri to train under the great King Harley Race, or handsome Harley Race, depending on what, what era you knew him as. And uh, I lived down there for, I want to say, five years training with Harley. So I always say I started and went to grade school and high school with Trevor and ended up going to college with Harley. And it was, it was a time of my life, man. Like, Harley taught us 
everything from from what to do in the ring to how to talk to promoters to to how to act in interviews to how to act you know if you're doing an interview for a newspaper compared to a new station like he covered everything uh, well but, you know I, if i may you guys, oh no oh no we're losing them that old wi-fi hey, right? got me yeah uh, he's 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 just got somebody in the back pedaling a bike to try and get some power going. <laughs> out in the middle of the woods trying to find the other Blair Witch. Yeah? You're, not, you're, not, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. <laughs> there you hey, go. Hey, look, I, I want to I clear something up for these guys because I'm the old school um, guy. Um, you know, Harley Race is like Mount Rushmore. Like, I, I, I don't know that guys from this generation understand what a big deal he was. Oh. I mean – I mean, I grew up in the territory days, and so the champ, you know, you didn't see the champ on TV, you know, maybe once every few months. And I, I, mean, I grew up in Mid Atlantic area, so we had Ric Flair, we had Ricky Steamboat, Wahoo McDaniel, and, but Harley Race we knew about because of the wrestler magazines. Yeah. And so I'd go to the grocery store with my mom, I'm reading the wrestler magazines, he's on the cover. So when he came, it was a big deal. And he was, you know, from the mid 70s up through the early 80s when I was growing up, I mean, he was. I mean, he was the guy, he was, you know, he was something that was like a, a, a legend, like you heard about and you read about, but you re- rarely got to see. And so, um, you know, he was a huge deal. And there was only a few people like that back then. And he's definitely one of them. And so, you know, these guys are, these guys are marks. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, when I, for, for me, when I look and say, okay, this guy's trained by Harley Race, that I'm going, okay. That's like next, you know, that's like next door to God. That's like studying under the master. No. Yeah, yeah, I know, and, and and he, the great thing about Harley was he lived up to to the, the legend and the stories. Like you hear how tough he was, that was true. Even all the way to the day he died, um, I have hundreds of Harley stories, and and one of my favorites is where the it's uh, we're in Iowa after the Hall of Fame, they're that Hall of Fame in Iowa. And after the Hall of Fame show, we're all at a bar, and uh, some of the boys were at one end, and the girl wrestlers were at the other end, and Harley's sitting with his wife BJ at a table and these guys came up and they started, you know, being inappropriate with the girl wrestlers. And you could see Harley and you could tell once you got to know Harley, you could tell, get to know his tells when he's getting angry, when he's getting aggravated and you could see him kind of shifting in his seat. So a guy, one of the wrestlers named Darren walks over to the guys talking to the girls and says, Hey, um, you guys got about 10 minutes to stop being rude to these girls and leave them alone. And they're like, well, what are you going to do in 10 minutes? He's like, it's not what I'm going to do in 10 minutes. He says, it's going to take 10 minutes for that man over there to stand up out of his chair, come walking over here, and that man's going to kick all your asses. <laughs> they turn and look, and they're like, oh, my God, Harley Race. And they walked over to Harley. Harley ended up talking to him. Don't know what was said. No idea what was said. Next thing you know, about <laughs> half hour later, they came over, bought us all around the shots, all around the beers, and they left the bar completely. And Harley waved <laughs> us and said, I'm going to bed. And we said, later, boss. And he went to bed. <laughs> That's so awesome. incredible. So I was going to – my question for you was like um, – I'm on two levels. I mean, what, what did you learn like professionally from him? And then, you know, and then personally, like what do you – I mean, obviously he's he knows a lot about life and sort of business and then also in the ring too. I mean, well, the, the personal stuff I learned is to always be humble. Um, Harley, Harley could have been one of the most egotistical guys. I mean, you said he was on the Mount Rushmore professional wrestling, you know what I mean? But that guy was so humble. Um, there was a time where I couldn't pay my electric bill. I was living down there and uh, and I was pretty hard in debt. And next thing I know, my electric bill was paid and it was paid by him, but he never said anything. He just went and paid it for us. And that's how humble he was and how respected because he treated us all like we were his kids, you know? And, And if a fan would come up, he never turn away a fan he'd sign an autograph he'd share a story he'd do whatever and i learned from him that no matter how successful you are in wrestling you know he always said that wrestling was here long before you and it'll be here long after you so while you're here you might as well make a good impact on it you know and that's what i took from him personally because i got to see it firsthand now i'm not saying he wasn't tough like i said he, he if he needed to throw down he'd throw down but overall he was just a humble kind man and when it comes in the ring Man, he taught me so much about how to not waste motion. You watch these guys nowadays, and they mm. do four steps when they only need to do one or two. 
And Harley would always preach to us, mm. you know, why are you taking so many steps to go do this? Why are you throwing this many punches when you can do this? And and so if you watch like my work, it's more methodical and, and more, mm-hmm. you know, planning something out. And that's from Harley because he always said, don't waste motion. Everything you do in a wrestling ring should mean something. So that's what I try to do to this day. Amen. 100%. Now, I have another, one more question if I can, and then I'll, I'll stop dominating things like I do. But, um, uh, was did Harley help you uh, in? I seem to recall um, you won a, a lifetime subscription to the uh, the Simon system, and was he? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> actually, that was before I was living in Missouri when all that came about. So the way that came about actually was I was at a indie show here in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and on the show was um, Ken Anderson. And he wasn't signed yet. He wasn't Ken Kennedy yet. Not the music on the Indies. And I used to travel with him a lot. And there was another guy that I was traveling with. And at the time, I was trying to lose a lot of weight. Because this is back, you got to remember, this is back when everyone had to have a body. Right. So I was trying to cut weight. And I was doing really well. Well, a guy that I rode to the show with comes up. And he's like, man, you're looking. And he called me Dinty Moore. Because that was the name at the time. And he's like, man, you're, you're so fat today. Man, you look <laughs> how fat you are. And I'm like, what are you, what? It's like, man, you're just so fat today. I'm like, man, I've been working my ass off. I'm not, you know, and all of a sudden Ken turns and looks at us. Oh, yeah, you are fat and runs off. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Ten minutes later, Ken comes up and he's like, hey, Inti, you want to be on Raw on Monday? Yeah, who doesn't want to be on Raw on Monday? And he goes, all right, well, here's Tommy Dreamer's cell phone number. Give him a call because Tommy is in charge of talent. So I called and I'm like, yeah, what well, is this Tommy Dreamer? You know what I mean? I'm going to call and it's going to be like, <laughs> or you know, they're just going to call me fat and all this. Nope. Uh-oh. I called him up. It's Tommy Dreamer. He says, yeah, ride with Ken. Um, we got a spot for you. Um, you know, if this fell Ken's lead. So I ended up going to the show with Ken. Um, it was between me and another guy. And the other guy, the call time was like one o'clock. And the other guy didn't show up till three o'clock. And he showed up. And I, now when I showed up, I was, you know, Nice dress shirt, nice slacks, you know, not as professional as they are now, but still pretty professional. This kid shows up wearing a uh, sweatpants and a polo shirt with a giant mustard stain on it. So they get the other kid and they get me. And I had already talked to Novo for a little bit, um, Simon, beforehand, because he was like trying to feel me out, see what I could do and stuff like that. And Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter walks up and goes, well, it's between these two guys. And, and uh, Novo looks at the one guy and goes, yeah, no, I'll take Dinty. Let, let, let me take him. And uh, so I ended up, you know, being selected. And, and I guess from beforehand, Ken had got me in the ring with him. We were rolling around beforehand, just getting loose and warming up and stuff. And I guess JR and Paul Heyman were watching us. So the original script, if you will, was just supposed to be him making fun of me in the crowd. And that was it. Well, once they saw me rolling around, like, this kid can wrestle. So then they walk up and Brooklyn Brawler comes up and goes, hey, you and Anderson need to come into the back. You're going to do promos. And Ken ends up cutting this great promo, but he can talk. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever heard him. He's a great yeah. talker. Yeah. And uh, I end up saying my thing, and it comes back, and they're like, okay, this kid can talk. So I went from just being a plant in the crowd to being someone, now Now I'm going to talk. And I can wrestle. So now it's okay. Now we're going to have you jump the barricade, get in. Well, then I got in there with Simon for a little bit, rolling around. He realized I wasn't going to hurt him. So it went from just being a plant to jumping the rail, saying something, shoving him, destroying the set, and then being taken down. So it kind of just evolved right. over time with just everything. So that was before the Harley days, but it, it started from that moment on, I was always doing on the list to do extra work whenever I could get there. And then when I got to Harley's, I got matches and, and more important looks and stuff like that. And that was actually the yeah. night that Ken Anderson signed his contract with them. So that's awesome. I, I just wonder because I know that was about the same time that Harley went in the Hall of Fame. I didn't know if those those things were connected or not. No, I had met Harley because I'd been doing his. He had these week long camps down in his camp, and I did two of those before I moved down there. That's in fact Harley at one of the camps says, "If you move down here, I'll give you a free scholarship to my school." So I had known Harley, but I hadn't been working with him yet, and. uh after that all happened, it was about a year later, I want to say, is when I actually took him up on the offering, went down to, to use a scholarship at the school. Oh, that's awesome. All right, I'll let somebody else answer a question because I could do this all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna step in because I really want to know where where you came up with the name Dinty Moore or, 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 or if somebody else gave it to you or how did that come up? 
so that all story got done is I got done um, training and stuff like that. And I was ready, getting ready for my first match. And it was at a little bar here called Hog Alley, um, which actually I, is near and dear to me because I've always had my first match there. They used to have matches there for the last, all the way up until Trevor passed away, they had shows there. And I'd always make sure I went. And it was like a little biker bar. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to get you ready. You can wrestle and all that. Now you need a gimmick. I was like, all right. And they're like, well, you know what? You should be a lumberjack because you're you're from Wisconsin. I'm like, okay, I don't care. I, at the point, I didn't care. I just wanted to wrestle. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted to get in the ring and, and do that. So they're like, okay, well, you're going to be a lumberjack. Like, what do lumberjacks eat? So we're sitting around, you know, and somebody said, like, flapjacks, and somebody said chili and all this. And out of the blue, somebody goes, well, eat beef stew. What about that dinty more? And they all started laughing. They're like, that's it. That's the name. You're going to be Dinty Moore. And I was like, okay, whatever. And it stuck with me for 10 years because I was always told, you know, if you're given, you know, what does that make? Chicken salad on chicken shit. So I went out there and like, hey, if yeah. you're going to make it, uh, fun of me, I'm going to go out and make it successful. And it was funny because when I moved down to Missouri, I told Harley right away, I want to change my name. And Harley loved the name and so did BJ. So I look, I'm like, are you serious? He's like, I gotta let you, BJ loves the name and so do I, so you're going to keep it. So the whole time I was down in Missouri, I had to keep the name because Harley loved it so much. Wow. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Dinty more the product or Dinty more the name? I both. <laughs> a little bit of both. Oh, I actually hated Dinty Moore stew. I have a can of it here because we did that um, the Don't Rush Challenge for Ring of Honor, and they want us to be funny. So to pop the boys, as we always try to do, um, one of them I held up the can, and I looked at it, and I threw the can, and then I became the Beer City Bruiser. And I got text messages left and right saying how cool that was because I was, you know, part of my past. I'm not going to turn away from it. I'm, I'm, I am who I am now because of the stuff I did as him, you know? No doubt. No doubt. Of course. right about that. So, I got the next one. Uh, all of us here, as you can tell, we're Mark, uh, including <laughs> Dwight. Um, all of us, I think, have that one person who we always look at uh, as we become wrestling fans and go like, yeah, this is the guy for me. Uh, who is that for you? I had a couple of them, actually. Um, the first one's Bruiser Brody. Um, if it wasn't for Brody, I wouldn't have discovered professional wrestling. Um, the second one is, is Mick Foley, um, Cactus Jack, Mankind. Um, I always say Brody helped me find wrestling, and Mick is the one that helped me fall in love with professional wrestling. You know, those are my guys where I just – when I saw Brody, I just kind of became obsessed with it. And the cool thing about Brody is he never stayed in one area too long. He was always moving. So I'm going to date myself here, but I used to tape trade back in the day. You know, you actually get VHS tapes. Exactly, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, I, I used to try and find as much Brody as I could because Brody never stayed in one place too long. So that's how I got familiar with like a Terry Gordy or the Funks because of the Stan Hansen Brody in, in Japan wrestling yeah. the Funks a lot. And then I came across Mick Foley as Cactus and got sucked in that ECW era. And I was just like, man, and just watching Foley do the stuff that he did. And he was built like I was and, and, and just – you know, he was great at what he did. So I just fell in love with professional wrestling. And, and those are my guys. So I wish I could have met Brody, but obviously his, he had an untimely passing. But I did get to meet Foley, so that, that's all good. Uh, I got asked then, so is Brody your favorite Dark Side of the Ring episode? Uh, yes, actually it was. It was. <laughs> and the funny story is, is um, I've heard from almost everybody in that story, because everyone knows I'm a big Brody fan. Everyone that was involved in that story, I've heard their side of the story. So I, I when that came out, it was just like, oh my god, like you know. I'm right there with you. I love Bruiser Brody. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that that one was really good. And one of the, that's first the first professional wrestler I ever met in life as a little tiny kid was Tony Atlas because he was from Corona, <laughs> right down where I'm near where I'm from. So. I was gonna say he's all over New Hampshire. Malona says he he sees Tony Atlas almost on a daily basis, just bumping into him. Yeah, he used to do like you know autograph signings at Sears and stuff when I was a little kid. Because he was he was he was from near where I'm from. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mario, so I guess it's my turn. Um, so my question is is um, 
what what would you say like um looking back on like like where wrestling is and where it's going like wh- if you were well i guess now you're the the elder statesman and you're helping some of these younger kids out like what what's the what's your um the best thing you're trying to teach them or you know like uh get like, what's the solid foundation that they need to know to go to the next level or you know you know what i'm saying like just just a good foundation yeah, the, the same thing Harley taught me is always be humble. Um, you know, I still have that mantra in my head that wrestling was here before me. It's going to be here long after me, so I might as well make a good mark. So when I train, I do have help train at a, a training school here called the Thumpers Den Wrestling Academy. And I always tell these kids, you should always be humble. Respect where you came from, you know. Um, if a fan comes up and talks to you, tell them thank you. You know, if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be there. Uh, when a vet wants to sit and watch your match and he wants to give you the critique, listen to him. You know, he's going out of his way to pass that knowledge along because in order for this business to survive, we've got to be the ones that pass it along, you know. So the best foundation you can have is if you're you're humble and you're respectful. At, at, at my school, I have a list of things to be successful, and that's, you know, um, be humble, be respectful, unselfish, um, prepare to sacrifice, Cause you're going to, you sacrifice a lot. I've missed weddings. I've missed funerals. Um, I've literally left the show to go watch my daughter be born to get back in the car to go. You know, um, it's sacrifice, you know? Um, and, and I always try to preach that to these kids, you know, because I don't want them to, to go along in the future and just disrespect everything going on and turn people away. Because wrestling is such a good release for everybody. You know what I mean? And uh, like I said, just just be humble, man. Like, appreciate what you got and move forward. Love it. That's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit reminiscent of um, the clip that floats around YouTube. It's the um, first season of Toughen Up when, you know, when, you know, Triple H is in the ring. You know, he's giving guys chops and it's like, oh, you know. Oh, you know, kids being born? Nah, not, not there. Why? Because you've got somewhere else, somewhere else to be. Or do you know, you know, if your wife is screwing around, you you don't know because you're on the road. And I think that's really important to pass on because because now you have to essentially be two two different people. You have to be on the road as your character, and then come home and you got to be super dad. Yeah. You know, and that's very you know commendable. I, I always, uh, uh, my kids joke around. They got me a shirt that has a D on it and the Superman logo because that's what they call me, the Super Dad. Because you got a you got a parent from the road, and and uh, my wife is thankfully my rock here at home, where where she gets it. You know, she knew that uh, I, I'm not wrestling's my mistress. You know, and like she's she's <laughs> never gonna replace wrestling, and and she helps me out here at home with the kids and stuff. And you know, we might be in the middle of an argument. And I gotta catch a flight. You know, so she'll, you know, pause, got to continue this later, you know, so you got to, you got to find somebody that that's willing to, to go through all this with you. And like I said, these young kids nowadays, people want to come in and they want to be professional wrestler, but they don't want to sacrifice for it. You know what I mean? Like, can't be a professional wrestler 40 miles from your house. You have to travel. That's the business. Especially when you get to the major companies, you know, like when I'm with Ring of Honor, man, when we're going, we're going strong and I'm on the road pretty much Thursday through Monday, you know, and then when I get home, it's like, okay, I'm going to try to make my daughter softball game or like my son had, you know, football games or my other daughter was, uh, uh, she's trying to, you know, um, she, she's going to college to be a, um, personal trainer. So we do a lot of this, the video chats and stuff like that. You learn to, to see your kids grow up like that. But the cool thing is the payoff is, you know, um, when when we're local and they come to a show, they can see everything that's going on and they respect that. You know, like my kids, 100 percent, they get they get it and they love they wouldn't trade anything for the world. Like with this whole quarantine going on, in fact, my wife, and my daughter said the other day, like, can't you just go on the road? Like, can't you <laughs> just fly in something? Because <laughs> they're just getting sick of us being home, <laughs> you know, and. And my wife's got a little group with the Ring of Honor wives, and, and they're all just bitching about us being home. Traveling <laughs> <laughs> all crazy. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. Uh, no matter what business you're in these days, I think we're all yeah. kind of in that. But you know, I can speak for myself. 
Um, well, I, I mean, that's, that was reminiscent, actually. It reminded me of, of watching that, that the Brody Dark Side of the Ring when you see his son going in the storage locker and looking at the old stuff and things like that. I mean, I was, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden Brody's a baby face after I watched that, you know, just because he's super dad. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that, that's, that's wrestling, man. You know, um, it's funny too. Cause like I'll, I'll see some of the stuff that my kids have saved. Um, like my daughter, her doorway, she has, every time I go to a different state, I'll buy a, buy her a sticker. Um, you know, it's just, it's something that started when she was younger and her whole bedroom door is covered with all the stickers of all the places I've ever been. And she's got like weird photos and stuff like that, where I just the other day I said, why do you have that? She, oh, dad, this is when you were here doing this, <laughs> you know? And I was like, okay. And it's kind of cool to see how they have their things that they remember, you know? And I don't know, it's just really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually. I thought you were. I thought you were going to say your daughter had like a a, a Young Bucks poster or something like that. <laughs> oh boy, she does have a Marty poster. Her, 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 her favorite for a while was Marty, and now it's Taven. So at the it's Taven and oh, Josh. Oh my god! It was rough. Where where my wife texted me and says, "Hey, her birthday's coming up. Can you pick up a T-shirt?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll talk to him. See if I can get a bonus T-shirt." She says, "No." She wants a kingdom T-shirt. <laughs> I'm right in the middle of the feud with Vincent and stuff like that. So I'm like, come on, are you sure? Like, this guy's throwing darts at me, man. Like, <laughs> those kids. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, going back yeah. to. I got gotcha. you. Um, going back to you know you just feeling you know, just, you know, kind of a little more excited to be home and performing in front of your, you know, daughter and your family. What match for you whenever you're local, um, or I guess whenever you've been been a little more local and they've seen your matches, which 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 match have you been the most proud of to perform in front of them for? In front of them was probably um, the Tag Wars in 2000, what was that? 16, I think, when Silas and I won here in Milwaukee. Mm. We won the Tag Wars where it was the finals for us and the Briscoes um, at Turner Hall in Milwaukee. And that was really cool because um, my whole family got to be there. My parents and, and uh, you know, my kids and stuff like that. Plus, it's my hometown where Silas and I kind of cut our teeth in the state. You know what I mean? So we had a lot of friends there, too. And then they, they had us win the tournament, which was great, you know. And not only that, but we got to wrestle the Briscoe brothers. You know, it was a three-way. It was the Briscoes, and I think it was All Night Express. And uh, the Briscoe brothers, man, they're they're Ring of Honor through and through. When you think of Ring of Honor, you, you know, it's, it's the Briscoes, and they're so good that they make they make anybody they get in the ring with better. And I would just only been with the company for a year, and here we were, the, you know, fresh new tag team with me and South, and they're going to put us over in this tournament in our hometown with my family there, and that was just it was like a fairy tale. So that's one where if my family got to see it, that's the one that always sticks out. The other one was Madison Square Garden because my wife was with me for that. And it was just because it's Madison Square Garden, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. the mecca of professional wrestling. So Yeah. What was that like? That was insane, man. That was um, <laughs> come true. And it took a couple days to come down from that high. You know what I mean? Because the adrenaline gone and. And you walk in, and normally we do our entrance through the crowd and stuff. And we had talked to production. We're like, are we doing the, the crowd entrance or what are we doing? They said, no, go through. Everyone's doing a stage entrance because we want you guys to soak it in. We want you guys to have a moment. And if you watch in my entrance, I take a step out on the stage. When they put the graphic up, I have the biggest shit-eating grin, you know, and I almost <laughs> choked on my own cigar. Because it's just, you're looking, it's like, man, I'm here. <laughs> you know, like, I am here. I am in Madison Square Garden in a sold-out crowd. And not only that, but I'm getting the ring with a legend like Suzuki and Liger and Muda's on the show. <laughs> you know, like Muda. Yes. Everything yeah. got all done. Um, Haku walked up to me and he says, because uh, I, I, me and Malonis have been trying to pitch Bouncers versus G.O.D. forever. If we want to wrestle G.O.D. And uh, Haku had come up to me and he says, man, you have the best gimmick in the world. Like, What's that? He goes, you get to drink beer in front of people and wrestle and that's like the greatest <laughs> thing ever and I says, yeah he goes let me guess does the company get you beer i said yeah normally he goes well i just i'd like to have a beer with you i said yeah no problem he looks over oh, and says, son, you want a beer and muda says yes please and i'm like okay well let me go get some beer and he goes no no hold on and he sends some japanese young boys to go get some beer 
So me Malone, here's me, Malonis, uh, Haku, and, and Muda all sitting in the locker room, all sweaty, you know, just got done working, cracking up in some yinglings and, and enjoying. <laughs> Wrestling boys. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Golly. Yeah, so for a half hour, we just sat there listening to them tell stories while we drank beer. It was great. It was the highlight of my, you know, career. I've, uh, um, I've got a question, if you don't mind. Um, well, hey, hey Jeff, let me, let me cut you off. Hey, Jeff, let me cut you off, man. Because <laughs> people this, do that from time to time. Go ahead. Well, here it is. To follow up on the Madison Square Garden, I'm, uh, I'm going to, in the future, I'm doing a little segment because I'm the dean and you people need to do your damn homework as far as wrestling goes. Like Shane uh, Douglas, Dean? No, no, I'm <laughs> the dean. Yeah, that's pretty good, though. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be all right. right. Shane's all right. I like Shane. But my, the first Shane's one we're a great doing... guy. Dean Douglas is just a horrible gimmick. <laughs> franchise. The yeah. franchise was great. Yeah, franchise. I love Shane. I've, I've done a couple things with him. Just, I always see him. Hey, Dean, what's up? Oh, don't call me that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, he, <laughs> well, he, he, well, he did call Ric Flair Dick Flair. So that's, <laughs> he did. You know, he did. That <laughs> but, but I was going to say I'm I'm doing a little I'm doing a little segment as far as the old school some matches that people need to you know if they want some perspective on the sport. And one of the ones I'm going to do the first the second the second one we're doing is the Madison Square Garden Harley Race versus Bob Backlund Champion versus Champion from 1980. Yeah. I just I watched I watched that match twice this week. God, those two guys. I mean, those two guys could legit go in a shoot, you yeah. know, and yeah. then just masterful match. Really good. And they built it up. And I really thought, I mean, obviously now I know there's no way that either one of them was dropping the belt, but it had me, had me sucked in. There was a couple of moments there. So, and I think um, they go, they every, go, they go a full hour in that. And the whole hour, you don't know who's going to win. No, it's over and over. It's, yeah. and, it ends up being a DQ, you know, Harley grabs a ref and it's a DQ finish, but it was like, the, I mean, the crowd was just going apeshit the whole match. It was, it's, it's an awesome match. So that's going to be your homework. You guys watch that match. Another good thing about training with Harley too, is we got to, we got to put in videos like that. He, he'd walk us through what was going on while those matches were going on. Oh, you know, man. him and him and Flair from Starcade, him and Backlund, um, oh, man. You, you know, all those different, uh, matches and, and he would he would edge he'd tell us you know watch how we do this watch how we do this you know this wasn't great here so don't pay attention to that you know it's like what do you mean that wasn't great you know you're hardly race so <laughs> another benefit to, to training with him is, is the you know his, his when he was there his mind was there and he could remember those things mm. sorry to mean to cut you off jeff but it was the whole massive uh, square garden uh connection there i had to bring up <laughs> Uh, if if it's old school wrestling, do I you know I'm 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 fine with it. <laughs> right. Um. So, uh, my question is is just the now for I know for us guys since since we're actually talking to you know professional wrestlers, um. So for a big time match or you know maybe what's dubbed as a big a big match or you know so on and so forth, how does that how how do you guys or how do you feel in that situation like it doesn't like does it hit you it doesn't need to get out there or or vice versa. Do you go into a? I mean, I know you're doing your best and giving your all, but do you go into a match and then you get halfway in and you're like, "Oh shit, man! Like this is going to another level," or we got them, or like, how's that? You know, is it just all by feel, or it's it's usually afterwards when the big matches hit me. Um, but I've had matches where where part way through you can realize, "Oh, hey, we got them." You know, we got the crowd; they're buying our stuff, so we, you know. <laughs> um, but it's usually afterwards is when it hits me because that's when I can actually sit down and. And, and think about what just happened. Um, like when I wrestled uh, Hiroki Goto over in Japan, I was excited to be in Japan. I was excited to wrestle in Cork and Hall, except for Brody, you know, Brody, Terry Gordy, Cactus Jack. They all made the name in Japan. And then I was going against a legend like Goto, who's also their never open weight champion, you know. So it was like, I'm focused on getting through the match, not screwing up, hope the fans like it, this is what I'm going to do, all that. It was later that night, sitting in my hotel room by myself and the adrenaline's going down when you realize, holy shit, I just got to wrestle a legend in a legendary building in a foreign country, you know? And that's when it kind of hits you. Um, that whole tour was amazing where it was after the tours when it really hit me. It was on, uh, actually, I remember after I landed, uh, I had a layover in Chicago and I, and I remember, I can tell you exactly, it was gate E1 for my, you know, get back from Japan, 
E1 flight from Chicago to Milwaukee. And I remember sitting on E1 and I almost collapsed just because I was like, oh my God, this is, this just happened to me. Like, here I am, you know, a fat kid from this small town in Wisconsin. I just got to wrestle in one of the largest crowds in Japan against, you know, some very, you know, a singles match with Hiroki Goto and then two matches the next night. One of them being for the Ring of Honor World Championship, you know. So it's usually afterwards when stuff like that hits me. Like Madison Square Garden took me a couple days to come down from that high just because of what it was, you know. I think that's awesome because I, I think a lot of people forget and, like, you know, they just see you guys as stars, which you are, and larger than life, which you are. Thank you. Um, but I think people forget that they just forget forget you're actually people you know like it, it, it's one thing to say it and, and it's going to happen but you know when you're there and you have to do it i just always wondered like you know like that feeling and you know like, like i'm you guys get nervous i know all that stuff happens i just think it's pretty cool that you know that you could share some of that stuff with us thank you so the cool thing too is i got a guy like brian malonis with me now and we know each other and the cool thing is when we started tagging right off the bat we knew we were going to be together just because we became fast friends and and we're so similar and he knows a lot about, you know, he knows my tells and I know his tells where if I can tell if something's going on, he's real nervous. You know what I mean? And, and vice versa. Like we had a match um, in Lowell, Massachusetts, which is technically his home arena. And it was us versus the Briscoe brothers. So we're over by our entrance, getting ready to do our entrance. And his he has a little son who is the most adorable kid in the world had fallen and hit his head. And, the paramedics were actually rushing him past us as we went. And I could see in Malonis's yeah. look, because now he's worried. He's thinking about our match, but here's your son being rushed past you with paramedics. He doesn't know what's going on. And I said, are you good? He goes, hold on. He looks at his, his wife, you know, she says, everything's okay. He's fine. He's just excited. And I could see his face change. It's like, okay, he's back. He's business. You know, and we went out and we did the match. And you know, that's one of my favorite matches we've had, you know, and then it's also vice versa where, we uh, main evented at, uh, um, against the Young Bucks and Cody at uh, ECW Arena. I was real nervous because I was doing a lot, you know, and he kind of put his hand on my shoulder. He says, hey, man, let's just go out there and do what we do. Let's drink some beer and let's kick some ass. And it calmed me down, you know what I mean? So having a guy like that helps with your nerves, too. And then it's cool, too, because then afterwards we both can sit there and go, man, we just did this, you know. Um, right. Like with the NWA, when we did that, you know, we got to share the car with the Rock and Roll Express the whole weekend. Like, if I could go back and tell 10-year-old me you're going to share a car with Rock and Roll Express, I'd think I was lying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. The whole time, me and Brian are there going, man, this is happening. <laughs> this is happening. Right. right. Ricky Morton's going to be 60 doing a Canadian Destroyer, right? Yep. Ricky Canadian Destroyer Morton. told me at the time. I think, I think I'd say Panama Sun Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Morton is walking, talking, wrestling history. Like he oh, literally, God, yeah. I just, it blows my mind when we saw him, um, uh, when we went to full gear and I saw him come through the crowd and everything. And I just like, you, we cheer all the time. But when I saw Ricky Morton, I've seen him a thousand times, but when I seen him, when I saw him come out, I was just like, he gets me every time. I just love it. Absolutely love it. Him and Robert are two of the nicest people they ever meet. And, and yeah. that whole weekend that we got to be with them, it was great because it was in between stories of them being on the road and teaching us about tag team wrestling. And like Brian said it perfectly, he says, we're learning tag team wrestling from the guys who invented tag team wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, right. They, yeah. they, they, when you think tag team wrestling, they have to be in that conversation. They have to. Oh, be. 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Them in the midnight. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. 100%. The new Midnight Express? Hey, okay. No. Easy, easy, easy. Don't get stupid. Tell a red started drinking. <laughs> well, and you know, as a, as a kid, you know, I was that was me as a teenager when they were like those guys were over. But when you would go to a show back then, half the crowd is women. I mean, it was nuts. I could when it was like when the Beatles when you hear that high pitched scream, you know, when the Rock and Roll Express came out. Anyway, let me right. mark out for old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, I want to take a moment because we got a couple questions here in the comment section. Um, Mike DeShazo wants to know what is the, your favorite match of your career. Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, I have a bunch. I have a list, but um, my match was Hiroki Goto in uh, New Japan Professional Wrestling for the Honor Rising um, tour. That's that's one of them. 
a match where Silas and I uh, tagged against the Briscoe Brothers in St. Louis. That was my first time wrestling them. And uh, just for some reason, like you were saying before, you know, is there a moment where you realize you have the crowd? And that was the crowd where we, one time, I remember Jay had put me in a front face lock and he was, baby, we got him. Let's, let's do this all night long. And it was just like, it was so cool because here's a guy who's been with, he's no, you know, when you think Ring of Honor, you think Frisco's and he's telling me this. And then we get done in the back and crack open a beer and he's like, brother, that was a great match. You know, like I'll wrestle you anytime. Like that's the biggest compliment you can get from a wrestler. Um, so those two are, are some that stick out in my mind. Um, also, um, the death before uh, the bar fight without honor with uh, me and Molesky and Salas and Vinny. Um, the reason that I like that match <laughs> so much is because we just did so much different stuff you never really see in wrestling, um, from the pool cues to the darts and stuff. And, and I know darts have been used before, but, like, we just went out there and told a story, and, and it was a different type of fight that's not that Ring of Honor fans weren't used to. So we kind of introduced a new Ring of Honor style, which was cool, you know? Um, so, so when we talked to Malonis last last week, he he was talking about how you, know, you guys went in the ring and it was the night before All In, and you guys were in the ring with Cody, and his nerves were a little shaky. Um, what was what was what was your mood in in that? Did you have a different feeling, or were you a little more com color comfortable, or? I, I was a little more comfortable. Um, he was he was nervous because we gave our our finish um, the last call to Cody, and that that requires you know Malone's coming off the second rope and sitting on you basically. And he didn't want to be known as the guy who took Cody out of All In because he broke his neck or something, you know. So <laughs> yeah. So the whole time was I mean it, it's 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 the Bucks and Cody who are, you know at that time were the most talked about thing, and here we are a faction that they just moved. They put us together a month before we're still trying to prove ourselves and me and Malone's are trying to find our feet as a tag team and and you know silas was trying to, to move that next level um of competitor so it, that night for me was more trying to keep malonis calm because he was new to the company he was doing this move and stuff like that and you know um but again that's one of those moments where afterwards you're like man we just made invented you know ecw arena like and you know that's a big thing like that's a historic building for fans, you know, and we got the main event with probably the hottest tag team and hottest free agent going, you know? So that was, that was what happened that night. <laughs> um, Mason, he they, also, he, oh, so he also told us that you guys had a match and he had 104 degree fever and he had a pulled muscle and that's why you won. Yeah, do you think you want to add to that conversation? or? Oh, when him and I wrestled each other? <laughs> yeah. yeah simple. He's, he's got it the next time around. Yeah, he's... Yeah. yeah, it's simple. I punched him in the mouth and gave him the frog splash, and we became best friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so Mason Dixon in the comment section, he's saying uh, he's still upset the bouncers didn't get to win the NWA tag titles because of quarantine. Yeah. No, I, hey, we're, no one's more upset than we are. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fun yeah. match, though. That was a great match. Russell, James Storm, Eli Drake, and James Storm's another guy who's kind of under the radar of everybody. But when you think of tag team wrestling, you got to throw James Storm in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. Your money. Sure. Yeah. America's yeah, so wrestling him was great. And then, then drinking with him afterwards was a blast, you know? Like, <laughs> and and, and if, if I remember correctly, so that weekend after our first match with the Dawsons, we ended up drinking beer out of the Crockett Cup, and a fan tweeted oh. it that had never been done before. So it's really cool to go down in history as being one of the yeah. only people to ever drink out of the Crockett Cup, which is great. So thanks, James Storm. <laughs> oh, um, so Todd, I got a new thing on my bucket list now. <laughs> oh boy, Todd, I'm gonna go ahead and apologize if I butcher your last name, but I'm trying here. It looks like Todd Boses or Boses. Uh, he wants to know who was your first opponent in Ring of Honor. My very first opponent ever in Ring of Honor on TV was Mikey Webb in the 2015 um, Top Prospect Tournament. And what's yeah. funny is now that Ring of Honor, <laughs> like we were talking about earlier about how they're still getting content out there and stuff, they're doing um, first match 
uh, reactions. So what it is, is is our roster goes back and you watch your first match. And they actually just emailed me that. So I'm going to be filming my reaction to watching that match back. Here we are five years later um, watching that. Uh, but my first dark match for Ring of Honor actually was me and a guy named Nick Colucci against Cheeseburger and a guy named Ben Boone. And it was a dark match uh. in Milwaukee. Yeah. And what's funny is, is that match happens. And the guy that I've wrestled the most in Ring of Honor is Cheeseburger. Me and Burger mm. were just married for years. And, and then second behind that is Will Ferrara. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, beer and cheeseburger makes sense. Well, then, then they put us, uh, we did the Colt Cabana unauthorized where Colt ran it, and he ended up having us tag, and we were, we were cheeseburger, yeah. double cheeseburger, and triple cheeseburger. <laughs> it was great. Well, yeah. yeah, we've done a couple matches with Burger now where it's him, it's us and him, and it's just, it's fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's the best way to put it. It's fun. Okay. All right. Uh, next one I have here is... Uh, the match uh, that you want next coming out of quarantine, what's the one match? Bouncers versus G.O.D. I'm putting it on the universe. I've been bugging the G.O.D. I've been, uh, we were supposed to be at the Bullet Club beach party um, before everything got all quarantined, and, and I was going to pitch it there. And I, I've been pitching at every meeting I've ever had with anybody, and so is Malonis. So G.O.D. versus the Bouncers, we want that to happen in 2020, whether here in the States or over in Japan. We don't care. We just want to have it. <laughs> Cut a promo on them now. Let's go. We have been, you watch Twitter. We're going back and forth. It got mm -hmm. down to the point where it was winner picks up the bar tab. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Bar yeah. tab on a uh, pole match. It, basically. <laughs> bar tab on a forklift match. I mean, thing, yeah. Jeez. Uh, Mason Dixon back in here with one more question. He wants to know, have you had more fun as a face or a heel in the business? Um. I don't, see, I'm not that different as a between a face right. and a heel. I'm I'm a beer drinking ass kicker. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like drinking beer with the fans, so I guess you know baby face because you know fans pick up my tab usually. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, um, my wrestling's not any different between baby face and heel. It's just if I tell you to shut up or drink up, you know. And um, I'm having a blast right now. I have to admit with me and Malonis as baby faces because. Um, they're having us do all this stuff with the fans and stuff. And I love, I love our fans. I love not just Ring of Honor fans, but I love the Bouncer fans because we're all, we're all the same. We all love, you know, just to hang out, drink a couple of beers. We love professional wrestling. It's completely generations, whether you get the old school generation that loves the Harley races and the Ric Flairs, or it's this new generation that loves like the Lucha Brothers or, or you know, um, Best Friends or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's cool because we all can just sit crack open a beer and talk wrestling you know mm -hmm. and uh it's just that's one of my favorite times so right now is probably my favorite time of professional wrestling because i'm with a guy that i love malonis who's a brother you know and, and we're we're with guys like you you know fans that just love professional wrestling yeah yeah that's old us old school guys that love rick flair we're also wearing that uh mjf t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah mark <laughs> I know uh, Bologna's was telling us that, you know, it, it's time to give you guys that tag shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're ready. We've been ready for a while. And, uh, you know, we've been we've been doing the best we can to, to show the company we're ready. And uh, the boys know we're ready. So we just got to get, you know, fans know we're ready. So we got to get the, 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 you know, especially, you know, Lethal and Gresham right now have the titles. And uh, me and Malonis were trying to picture them, like have us going to a feud with them. Cause it's great because it's two different styles. You have the, the technical wrestling with them, and yeah. then you have the brawlers like us. But the thing is, me and Malonis can we can wrestle any style. And I know for a fact Gresham and Lethal can too. Cause I've I've if you guys remember when Silas was in the program with Lethal, I was Silas the second, so I had to wrestle Lethal a lot. A lot, no, a yeah, lot. <laughs> yeah. And we ended up doing a, a fight without honor and stuff like that. So like. We've been pitching like, hey man, that we think that's a good draw. It's two different styles, you know. Let us let us go for those titles. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, no, I, you, I agree. Go ahead, Jeff. No, I I, I agree with him. I, I think a lot, or or not the fan base, but you know, just just um, casual fans will look at you guys and think, 
um, you know, your bigger guys or, or, and I'm, I'm not knocking the young bucks, but if you don't flip or you don't look like that, it doesn't mean you, it that means you can't wrestle, which is not true. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got, if those guys, if anybody watches your work and watches your tape, I mean, you can go and you can wrestle. It doesn't matter who you're wrestling or how you're wrestling, you know? And that's what, that's what I love about both of you guys. We always say we have an old school look with a new school twist. That's what describes. Yeah, you know, why do, you know, something, you know, in four that you can do with one step, right? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Harley Race. Harley. <laughs> yep. See, <laughs> so, you know, it all comes back to Harley. <laughs> um, well, that kind of leads up to a question we asked Brian last week, and I'm, I might be stealing Dwight's thunder again here. Uh, but we talked about how, you know, you guys, being bigger guys, you guys can still roll. You guys, you know, have had longer matches and can still go. Whereas we're seeing guys like, and I hate to throw him under the, under the bus, but Goldberg coming down to the ring and he's already gassed, you know? <laughs> what is it that sets your guys' cardio and stamina apart? The, the thing is, with our whole careers, and, and I can speak from Malonis too, is that we've always been looked at as the big fat guys that can't do anything. And we have the same mindset. Tell us we can't do something, we're going to go up there and do it. Just to prove you wrong. And... The first thing that I learned from Trevor, um, Trevor used to always teach me, he's like, you're a big guy. You can have uh, stamina on that ring, and you can have ring legs. People are going to want to wrestle you. So he taught me how to breathe in the ring, and he taught me how to to, to go. And that's basically why people want to wrestle me, because they'll, they'll look at me and say, oh, you're a big guy. But, you know, I, I wrestled a match here against a guy named Derek St. Holmes, and we did a 30-minute Ironman match, you know? And people were just and on to 30 minutes of nonstop, just go, you know? And then what I learned from Harley was telling that story and pacing yourself. So you can go that 30 minutes, you know, and Malonis's training with killer Kowalski was brought in the same way. So we always pride ourselves. Like I said, tell us that we can't do something. We're going to go out and we're going to do it because we were taught how to control our stamina, how to control our ring presence. We know what we can do as big guys, you know, and, we're both trained in all aspects of professional wrestling. You know, being a 20-year vet, I've learned how to do lucha. I've learned how to do Japanese. I've learned how to do all that, you know. And it's just, I like the Beer City Bruiser style. <laughs> you know, that old punch in the mouth and kick in the dick type thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, have a, I have a question about that because this, this is just me as watching wrestling all these years. I'm going, how do you put together a match with a guy that doesn't speak the language that you speak? You know, like. Wrestling's a universal language. So yeah. clothesline is clothesline. Hip toss is hip toss. Um, that's the cool thing. Okay. Yeah, wrestling wrestling is a, a universal language. And 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 what's cool is I got to I got to become friends. Like Roosh is one of our drinking buddies, you know. And uh he didn't learn English till he got signed with Ring of Honor. So it's cool trying to help him teach him that. And then he teaches us you know, a little bit of Spanish, but yeah, wrestling is a universal language, which is great. So if you have to put something together, it's, it's all wrestling talk and we all speak the same language, you know, I mean, there's a little different phrases here and there, but overall it's, it's real easy to put together that kind of stuff. That's incredible. Um, um, I, I've got, we've got one and not, not, not bearing anybody or anything, but What's it um like when you guys are in the ring uh, with your twenty? No, I'm just I'm just asking. Like, like again, we're talking to no, a professional wrestler. Saying, I, I've, I've had these questions. I don't mean to bury anybody. anybody. I'm burying somebody. I don't mean to bury anybody. No, so basically, when you say not to bury anybody, it's it's that whole thing like no disrespect, which means oh, right off the bat you're gonna disrespect somebody. So when you say not no. to bury anybody, this guy's the shits, and that's burying somebody, brother. <laughs> No, 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 but I'm from the birds, Jack. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. We just no but what I'm, saying is like, what I'm saying is, like, I don't want names. That, that's not what I'm asking. But I've just always wondered, like, what it's been to be like. Like, so guys like yourself, 20-year vets, um, or has it happened or does it happen? When you're in the ring sometimes, like, what if you're with, a, you know, a tag team or a guy that's not as good or not as good as he's portrayed himself? Like, How's that going on your end? Because like now you got to protect this guy slash, you know, make sure everything, take over, make sure everything's, you know, going right. We're always, we always try to bring people up to our level. And if they're not at our level, we'll get them up. We find out how, how green they are, how, how much of a rookie they are and try to challenge them, but not over challenge them. That's the key to being a good leader in a wrestling ring is, is know somebody's limits. Um, so we'll try to find out as much as we can before we wrestle somebody. Um, 
plus two, you have me and Malonis who, who, you know, I've been in a lot of bar fights in my life, so I know how to protect myself in the ring, you know? Um, so if somebody decides to get out of hand, I can control it. Um, but I was always brought in, like I said, with Harley and with Trevor, you know, um, doesn't matter how long they've been in the business. You want to be able to leave that ring a better wrestler than you were going into it. So you find out what level they're at, try to raise that level too much, but don't go, you know, if, if they're at a, a level where they only know how to body slam and hip toss, don't be asking them to do moonsaults on you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. just move them up that little mm-hmm. bit so that they become a better wrestler when they come out of it. And you come out of it looking good because you, you led them through this match and, and you come out of it unscathed, not hurt. Well, that's what that, that I mean. Oh, he just buried himself. Uh, I didn't need yeah. to make that. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. That's what I was, sorry, that's what I was, that's what I meant. Like, I didn't mean names or anything. I just, I just wanted to know, like, like, so like, like you were just saying, cause like you travel the world and you wrestle some guys, you know, some guys you wrestled before, like how fast will like, if you're in the ring and you lock up, like how fast do you know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like how, how, how long or how quick does that take you to realize whether a guy, you know, from the moment I meet a guy, I can usually gauge how okay. they are. Yeah, you you That's learn cool. you learn how to talk to guys, and and you you learn what what's said and stuff. So right, pretty much from the get go, I can get a read on people. But that's just a life thing. Like I I can, you know, my daughter brings right. a boy to go on a date. Like I can read him right away. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the yeah, barrier guy. I can't imagine. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think something got lost in connection. I'm sorry. Nope, we're okay. I can still see you guys. You guys good? Oh, wonderful. Are we, All right. Sorry, everything got quiet for me. I got worried. <laughs> no, we're not. We are uh, getting near the end of our hour. I can start burying Jeff if we need something to talk about. <laughs> Look, we all know if you guys are going to bury someone, it's going to be me. So. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Matt. Yeah. It's going to be Matthew. It's always me. <laughs> We're coming to the end of our hour. I know you got some more things planned tonight. So I got one last big question, and uh, I think I'm asking for all of us, is what, uh, when, when your time is done in ring, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I want it to be that fans know that when I went out in that ring, I gave 100% that I was kind of like we were talking about with the Harley thing. You know, I want to be known as that guy that was always humble, put on great matches and helped the future of the business. You know, like I'll never live. uh, The legacy of Harley race is such a great legacy. If I could just be a quarter of what that was, I'll be happy. Man. Yeah, that's a that, uh, a quarter of that legacy is a lot, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. yeah, it is absolutely. Well, uh, I think Ben make Ben wants to to make sure here now. If you have the rematch with Malones, who's winning? Yeah, what's happening? Oh, of course, me. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> he may be the hard top of the bouncers, but I'm the guy that punches people in the mouth. So there you go. <laughs> those, those dimples can only carry him so far. But no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I tournament or somewhere. We're having so much fun as a tag team right now. I'm not going to throw him through any barbershop windows or anything. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. That's awesome, man. We could we could stay here for hours. We could stay here for hours, man. I'm just... Well, if Thank you want, you. I got, uh, I'm going to go on Instagram Live after we're done here and continue the party. So if you guys want to jump on, go ahead. It's, the beer, it's Beer City Bruiser on Instagram. So, Oh, yeah. Um, I am going to step in just as you're the talent relations guy. Um, what do you what do you say to here in like two weeks or so, um, we all get back together and grab some beers and just play some drinking games? What do you say? Yeah, if we can get Malonis <laughs> on board, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Hell, yeah. I'm Hell down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm right. All right, Ryan, that's on you. You got to set that up. I'm on it. <laughs> oh, that's about our hour. I think we've actually gone over two, but I, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and getting an opportunity to talk with us. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's, uh, it's a good time. Uh, we, yeah. we told Brian uh, next time you guys are at UMBC uh, up here in Maryland or you guys are in D.C., we got first round. 
All right. Um, we're going to hold you to that, too. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> but, yeah. See, my worry is my brother. As long as it's Yingling. Make sure it's the Yingling. Yeah. Of course. We got you. Only the yeah. even, even if we have to smuggle it across the state, we will get it there. <laughs> Good. Good. Contraband. Um, so, State Bruiser, where can they find you on uh, online? On Twitter, I'm at BCB Winchester. Facebook, it's The Beer City Bruiser. Instagram is Beer City Bruiser. Like I said, when I'm done here, I'm going live there. And I'm going to do a thing where I'll randomly select people and interview, do a reverse interview. Um, you can go to my Pro Wrestling Tees store, which is prowrestlingtees.com slash beercitybruiser. I uh, just released a brand new shirt. It's called Beer Cat. It's my cat standing next to my keg. It's great. <laughs> Uh, you can go to Ring of Honor, which is ROHWrestling.com. Become an Honor Club member and, and check it out. They just uploaded all the back catalog to 2010. So uh, you can see uh, all that stuff. And then check out their Ring of Honor YouTube page. Um, we've been keeping busy. Um, that Joe Hendry's coming up. There's the uh, Happy Hour at the Bounces, which will be on there, and, and just good times. So And then check out my YouTube page. I forgot about that. I have a YouTube page called uh, It's Under Beer City Bruiser. And I do like a a vlog about what I'm doing during quarantine and in the works right now, because I was told that I have to, uh, I'm going to be setting up a TikTok page. I don't yeah. know what it is. No. no idea what it is. I was told by the office we got to do it. My wife's going to set it up. My daughter's going <laughs> to teach me. So I, it's beer city. Bru- I'm going to ask her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's beer city bruiser on TikTok. So <laughs> you saw you on Twitter trying to figure that out. Oh, yeah. I can only guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but the office told us we should get one uh, to connect with you fans, so my wife and kid were real happy, because now I get to make a fool of myself again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm not going to lie, I can't wait, it's going to be good. <laughs> oh, well, well, you're excited, that's good. <laughs> we got yeah, one. Once again, oh, uh, one of our other guys who's unfortunately working, he has one last question. He wants to know, are we getting any information on those beer goggles yet? Or Oh, yeah, hold on. Check this out. We got some beer goggles right here. <laughs> we have right now, only phone. Malonis and I are the only two that have these right now, but we're working on a way to get them available to the public. So it's just trying to find a cost-effective way for for you guys and for us. So, But we'll have them when we come back. We both got them. We wear them as much as we can. So. I'm about to have to buy those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm down. Well, once yeah. again, man, thank expense. you so much for coming on. Yeah, company yeah. expense. There we go. <laughs> thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Best of luck and, to you guys. Yeah, can't wait to hear from you again here soon. Yeah. Uh, once again, thank you all so much for joining us here on PWO. Like, share, subscribe. Apple Podcast should be coming out soon. We'll let you know when that is. Thank you all very much. Have a good night. Have a good weekend. Do your damn homework. <laughs>